And we are back with another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly podcasting feed for information on movies, TV, music, and video games, not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, This is February the 11th, 2023. This is episode 370. Woo! Like the sound of that. Um, and we got a big one this week. A lot of stuff happened, especially in video games and music. Um, hey, and the Super Bowl's tomorrow, so sports too. Everything is blowing up. Yep, this is gonna be a very front heavy episode. There's a <laughs> lot to talk about in music because the Grammys happened this past weekend. There's also a lot to talk about in video games because Nintendo Direct just dropped a buttload of information. Yeah, in fact, the buttload is so big that uh, we need to move the video game section to the front and just uh, talk about all of that because I also played a lot of stuff this week so uh, that I want to talk about. So Yeah, so let's try and make this podcast under two hours. We're going to get right into it. <laughs> we're going to start with video games. And we'll start video games with the new releases. Yeah. And uh, you know what? We're going to skip the new releases. No, no, let's go to the new releases. We'll uh, we do it real quick. Yeah, we have Blanc. On the Switch and PC, Labyrinth of the Galleria, colon, The Moon Society for PS4, PS5, and Switch, Wanted, colon, Dead, for everything <laughs> but the Switch, Returnal comes out for the PC, The At Rhythm, colon, Final Bar Line mm-hmm. for the PS4 and the Switch, that's the Final Fantasy version of that. A Final Fantasy Rhythm game. Uh yep. Uh, the Settlers, colon, New Allies for the PC. Tales of Symphonia, colon, Remaster for the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Mm-hmm. And lastly, your big release, Wild Hearts for the PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Yeah, quick, quick, real quick, two things about those. So uh, Tales of Symphonia Remastered, a lot of people are excited about that. People loved that game back in the GameCube PS2 era. I rented Tales of Symphonia back in the day for like a hot second, didn't get it, and then returned it, except it was a two-disc game on GameCube, and I for- only returned one. One disc. <laughs> so years later, I was looking through my closet, and I found disc two of Tales of Symphonia, and I was like, this is useless to me. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. It's and then uh, like disc two, if you don't have a save file from disc yeah, one. <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, and then, yeah, Wild Hearts, uh, that is the, I believe, the um, developers of the, what are those games called, uh, Dynasty Warriors games, trying mm-hmm. their hand at a um, Monster Hunter style game. Not my thing, but hey, somebody's probably very excited. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's basically Monster Hunter uh, companion, well, not companion, but. Same kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. But the big video game news was, of course, Monday. Yes. No. What? Yes, Monday when when Nintendo announced that they would be doing a a Nintendo Direct on Wednesday, (laughs) and then Wednesday. Yes, Nintendo Direct. It was such a big deal that (laughs) did you see this story that came out of our alma mater? No. So, at Cal State Fullerton, 
uh, where we both oh, attended. Oh, that! Yes, yes, I did see this. <laughs> uh, there was, I guess, there was an email sent by a student to a professor, more or less saying, "I think you should uh, cancel class today. Be something, something world changing will happen." at like a big event that will change the world will happen at 2 p.m today and everybody was like freaked out i guess the 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 campus thought there was a threat to campus security it very much sounded like a threat and then i guess they did they said detectives did some um research found out that that was the time of the nintendo direct and then we're basically like this is probably what this guy is talking about but they still had a bunch of bunch of security on campus anyways (laughs) <laughs> embarrassing just embarrassing come on titans we know you're better than that use your words wisely <sighs> but anyways it was a big deal and um i think it delivered i think this was a pretty solid nintendo direct there's a lot of stuff for a lot of people mm-hmm. uh there weren't any like super earth-shattering announcements except for one which we'll get to in my opinion that i literally you know there's always the joke is like i fell out of my chair i legitimately almost fell out of my chair at my at my job when one of these announcements happened and i'll tell you when we get there there's also a lot of us picking up the phones because yeah based on the news that we've been following we called it yes and then of course so, the, let's get right into it, it then. yeah yeah let's get into it so it started off with the announcement of pikman 4 we already knew it was coming out, but this was the first full trailer we've seen for it. It uh, showed some uh, gameplay that we hadn't seen, some new style of Pikmin, a uh, new mechanic where a dog will run around the world and destroy things for you. Uh, more info is to come on it, um, but it's uh, also has a release date. It's coming out this summer, which is kind of soon. Uh, I think sooner than a lot of people expected. Yep. We also got a new look at the Legend of Zelda Tears, Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. Uh, that ended the the show, but yeah. Link has a car now. Yeah, a few Did notable things about the car. Yeah, notable things about that. Yes, the vehicle. Uh, two voice acting. Mm-hmm. I I was I I was I expected more people to be freaking out about this, but apparently I'm the only one who thought it was like new. Like I was like, wait a minute, this has not happened before, guys. Like, why isn't people freaking? Why aren't people freaking out about this? I think um, there's always been a voiceover in the trailers and not yeah, like in the actual maybe. game, so we'll see. Maybe. And then uh, three, the price point. So this actually, this story actually happened the day before a eShop listing came up and was promptly taken down that had Tears of the Kingdom listed at $69.99, a first for a Switch game. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, that ended up being confirmed after the direct. People find the, found the eShop listing permanent one, and it also says $70. So Nintendo apparently believes that this game is worth it. Uh, they're probably right. I don't blame them for selling this thing at 70 Well, considering they they just dropped the price of the original one to $40. Yeah. $39.99. <laughs> In five more years, we'll get uh, this game at uh, 40 bucks too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they got announced more expansion for Splatoon 3. Mm-hmm. They've added expansion passes, not just Pass 1, but also announced the Pass 2. Yeah, this is how Nintendo does their releases now. It's a big release, and then a few months later, they announce a DLC path, which is like one, two, or three packs. And uh, yeah, this is smart. Uh, I like what they're doing with the extra modes. Instead of having rotations of modes, they're just going to make them permanent after this. I know Splatoon fans really like the Salmon Run mode, and that's also coming back here, as well as some single-player content. Also, a year later, because of the start of the um, war in Ukraine, 
Yes. He announced Advance Wars, an official release date as well for Advance Wars 1 plus 2 colon reboot camp. Yes. So finally they calling out. it 1 and 2, it's 1 plus 2. <laughs> right. Finally coming out, it's the same game as it was. It's been done for a while. They just mm-hmm. were waiting. Ah, yeah, sure. I'm glad that Advance, Advance Wars people will, find that, will finally get their game that they've been waiting for. Even though they just got a Fire Emblem and those games are pretty similar. So, eh, what are you going to do? Uh, there's also a new motion game called Samba de Amigo, yeah. which is um, based off the cult classic music yes. series as well. Yeah, it's actually a sequel. Um, uh, the, that was the game that was uh, notable on Dreamcast back in the day because it shipped with Maraca controllers. No Maraca <laughs> controllers this time, but it seems like a lot of the Samba de Amigo songs and gameplay will return. So people are happy. Yep. And in terms of other announcements, there was... Ghost Trick colon Phantom Detective. Yes, a remake of the DS series. Also a remake, Etrian Odyssey. Also. Coming to the Switch. Yep, collection of those DS games. That one's notable because those will also be sold all of cart if you only want, if you only have nostalgia for, say, two or three, if you're not all of them and you don't want the whole package. And then everything got out of the way for the big surprise announcement. Uh, Metroid Prime getting a remastered version for the Switch. So, so there's a bit of backstory here. There was a prominent rumor um, all year last year that they were going to do a Metroid Prime remake for the Switch. Um, whether or not this was going to be just the first game or the trilogy that was released for Wii was still up in the air. Most people assumed it was going to be the full trilogy. That ends up not being the case. Uh, they announced it here. It seemed like it was probably done end of the year last year, but for whatever reason, whatever scrambling they wanted to do to their release calendar, they pushed it. Um, then, yeah, and the big kicker was that not only did they announce it here, they launched it here. They actually said at the end of the direct, it would be available for purchase already. Um, and I'll get into it later when I talk about my thoughts on it, but... Um, it's a full remake of this game. It's they completely rebuilt the assets, the textures, and the look of the game, but it plays exactly identical. Um, this was the thing that made me fall out of my nearly fall out of my chair when they said it was playable today. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Because I would have waited as long as they wanted. And also, they were at work, not being able yeah. to play it immediately. Right, it was killing me. I was like, "Okay, when I get home, I'm buying this." Uh, I didn't even care what how much it cost, but in case you do, 40 bucks. So it's huh. not a full price title, which is uh, perfect for that kind of thing. So yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but blew me, blew my mind. And their last big announcement uh, was for everyone who has the Nintendo Switch Online um, expansion pass. Yes. That if you are subscribed to that, and only if you are subscribed to that, you currently get access to the and classic NES games, classic SNES games, and more recently, as of last year, some classic N64 games. And yet, that is going to be expanded as mm-hmm. of this past Wednesday, when they announced both Game Boy and Game Boy Advanced games coming to the Switch. So important to note here, there are actually two tiers of Nintendo Online, and depending on which one you're a member of, you'll get some of these and you won't get some of these. The basic package, 
includes NES, Super Nintendo, and uh, now Game Boy, original Game Boy and Game Boy Color. The expansion pack gets you Nintendo 64 and now Game Boy Advance. So that's the dividing line that they have. Uh, that being said, yeah, this is really, really cool. They uh, picked a handful of games to debut with either with both of these, including some classics like Super Mario Land 2, uh, Link's Awakening DX, Tetris, and then on the GBA side, classics like WarioWare, uh, which is the big, I think, killer app for me, um, Zelda The Minish Cap, um, and Mario Kart Super Circuit, among a few others. Um, it's a solid lineup. They're going to expand it later by adding titles, and I'm fascinated with what they add going forward. Give me Drill Dozer. Come on, Drill Dozer. Um, they're never going to do Pokemon, so don't get your hopes up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. Um, I think this is a great addition. In fact, it's funny. My expansion pack renewed the day before the Direct, so it charged me another 50 bucks, and I was like, I thought, do I want this? And I had that thought. I was like, well, what if they announce Game Boy tomorrow? And I was right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's exciting, and I think it'll be cool. I'll talk about it a little bit more. I dove into some of the games, and I'll talk about it a little bit more later. So, yeah, this, of course, goes in line with the stories that we've been following for the past two or three years now, yeah. where Nintendo's been cracking down on um, all the ROMs uh, going out online, uh, people being able to play Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, SNES, NES games that well, if they're cracking down on them, then eventually they're going to have to put them out themselves. And <laughs> lo and behold, they finally did it. I mean, that's not always the case. Nintendo is constantly uh, threatening legal action against ROMs and ROM sites. But in this case, it had been a rumor that we'd heard off and on uh, through the last couple of years that they were going to add stuff. Because I guess some people dug into some code and saw a Game Boy emulator and were like, okay, well, this is happening. And yeah, sure enough. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they add to it because I think this could be, there's a lot of really strong games in both those catalogs, especially Game Boy Advance. If they really dig into the Game Boy Advance catalog, it could be a lot of really cool games. Uh, but we will see what else they decide to launch yeah. with it uh, when they yes. make more announcements. Real quick, before we wrap up the Nintendo uh, Direct stuff, I just want to mention a couple of the smaller things we didn't say that I'm excited for. Uh, Fashion Dreamer, which is an Xseed uh, developed uh, or uh, published title. This is the the guy the the team behind the Style Savvy series, uh, putting out a fashion game on the Switch. It looks cool. I'm not really sure how much gameplay there is. It seems like there's an interactive, uh, like a multiplayer uh, part of it, where you're talking, like meeting other people and like stealing their outfits, which seems wild, and then designing and uh, your own outfits to then I guess presumably sell to your friends. Um, it seems cool. Uh, there's no release date on that one, but it'll come out later this year sometime. And then um, there was something else that I thought uh, was interesting. Mario Kart Wave 4. Yes, that too. Uh, we saw a Yoshi's Island stage, and they're also adding Birdo uh, yep. to the game. And then the other thing I want to mention is uh, Don't Nod, uh, the formerly of uh, Life is Strange, uh, more recently branched out into other kind of more action-oriented genres. They're back to the narrative adventure. They announced their new one, which the name is escaping me. But uh, but yeah, they announced their new narrative game for Switch, uh, which looks really cool. Uh, looks like a really cool art style. And it looks like they're going back to that Life is Strange style uh, visual novel kind of approach. So I'm excited to see what Don't Nod does. Uh, they announced Harmony. That's what it was. Harmony, that's the one. The Fall of Reverie. Yeah. So 
yeah, a cool Nintendo Direct overall. I think it delivered for a lot of people. And all that new uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom footage, I think, did did a lot for a lot of people who are excited about that. Oh, and for those of you who are fans of Tron, you're going to get a new Tron game, Tron colon identity. Do you think this means that that Tron project at Disney is moving forward if they're putting out a game? Do you think we hear more about it soon? I think so. Yeah, that, that, it's the only reason why. I mean, why else would Disney allow like publish Tron game right now? It doesn't make any sense. Well, they did it with Uprising before. Yeah. Uh, before Uprising was a show. Uh, Derezzed, I think, was the video game. There was a few video games at the time. There was yeah. one even just called Tron Legacy, the video game, I think. Right. Uh, that was the... So, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that, that they did, yeah, something similar to that this time, where it's like, oh, the video game is the companion to the movie, which, here's a trailer. Like, yeah, I bet that happens in the next couple of weeks. Yep. All right, cool. That's the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Oh, um, and then there's also a new trailer for the Kirby Dreamland. Yes. Uh, coming out soon. Yeah, that but comes out. If you want to play weeks. the original Kirby Dreamland, I think that's on the um, Game it Boy is. emulator, right? That's on the Game Boy Collection. Yes. Very cool. Oh, uh, also, Pokemon Trading Card Game. If you want to get some old school Pokemon Trading Cards games, so that's not in the collection yet. That's one of the ones they said will be coming to the soon. Future. Yeah. Which is cool because I feel like a lot of people assume that they buried that game and that they were never going to put out a re-release of it. So to see it here is actually pretty exciting. Now the question is, is do they ever release the unreleased in the U.S. sequel to that game that came out only in Japan? Uh, we never got it. So it would be a really cool opportunity for them to do that because they already proved that they can. The Game Boy Advance Collection has a game that never came out in the U.S. called Kuru Kuru Ren, mm-hmm. which is this weird like game where you're moving a stick through like a uh, like a labyrinth trying not to hit the edges that never came out here in the US uh, it's here in this collection so maybe they're willing to do it so we might see it maybe right. anything else about Nintendo Direct so far? I think that does for most of it I think that it was a pretty solid show uh, and I'll talk about my impressions with some of that stuff a little later yeah because normally when these things come out they also come out with Q1 reports yeah a quarterly reports, and so Nintendo did the same, but they did theirs a bit differently than what, uh, say, Disney's going to do, which we're talk, going to talk about yeah. a bit later here. We'll talk about that later. Um, where Nintendo is planning to raise, that's right, raise the yes. base salaries of its workers in Japan by 10%. The decision follows calls by Prime Minister Fumio Kishida for Japanese companies to pay workers more as inflation takes hold in the economy. Quote, it's important for our long-term growth to secure our workforce, said President Nintendo President uh, Shuntaro Furukawa, um, told during uh, the Q1 earnings briefings. Reuters notes that for Japanese companies that can afford to do so, higher salaries help attract talent in a country where a falling birth rate and low immigration have led to labor shortages. So, um, U.S., yeah. please take note. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this just further uh, shows the cultural differences between here and Japan. Uh, you hear a lot of this stuff in Japan because, like they mentioned here, there is some concern about the low birth rate. It's an aging population, and they're worried that if not enough babies are being born, soon there'll be fewer and fewer Japanese people. Um, it's kind of bleak, and uh, it's a problem over there. It's legitimate. Uh, legitimately an issue and so they're trying to figure out what they can do to fix that um additionally 
corporate culture is just completely different over there than it is here. And here, there's all here in the U.S. There's always this feeling that at any time you could lose your job. In Japan, it's more like, oh, if you're a salary man, you're a salary man for the rest of your life. It's assumed that you're going to stay at a company for a very long time. There are actually a lot of uh, situations in Japan where it's actually very hard to fire an employee because of how many protections there are. Uh, you're you're there, you're staying, and you're pretty much it's very much of a company man mindset. So yeah, this kind of leads into that. It's smart, and I'm glad that they're doing this. Uh, I think Nintendo knows where their bread is buttered, and it's with the smart employees that they have and the hardworking people that work for them. And so yeah, why not put the money to them instead of putting the money elsewhere? It's uh very uh close to what we saw in the 2000s when. Then Nintendo of the president Satoru Iwata took a 50% pay cut on his salary in order to keep other people working. So um, it goes to show you that Nintendo is just a classically Japanese company, and that does work in the employee's favor a lot of the time, if not all the time. Uh, if you want to see a good interpretation of how this actually works, uh, the second season, I want to say, of Agretzko on Netflix actually goes into this. Uh, because it takes place in a Japanese workplace, of how hard it is actually to fire someone and the gravity of, of when it does happen. Uh, it's really interesting uh, kind of perspective on that because here in the U.S. we don't really see that. Uh, but yeah, um, this was a nice story, uh, kind of a nice deflection compared to all the other stories in the tech world we're seeing right now, which is more about layoffs uh, than pay raises. Yeah. So, good news. It's good to know around. All right, so do you want to start with the Nintendo stuff, or do you want to go to Dead Space first? Yeah, I'll start with the Nintendo stuff. I'll end with Dead Space, because uh, these won't take very long. Um, so yeah, at the show, uh, Game, Boy, Game Boy Advance games were announced. I already mentioned a couple of them. I jumped into WarioWare, still great. I jumped into some... Um, oh, what are the other ones I played? Uh, so, some... Uh, Kirby's Dream Land, still fun. Um, the filters are really cool. So you can have a filter for the Game Boy games that uh, either do it the green kind of original Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Pocket Black and White, or even the color filter from Game Boy Color. Um, Warrior Land 3 is on there. If you haven't played Warrior Land 3, it's a great game. And it's big. It'll keep you busy for a very long time. Game Boy Advance-wise, uh, Minish Cap is probably one of my favorite Zeldas. And it's a great beginner Zelda. It's a lot of fun, and it looks beautiful. Uh, so it's great that they included it on there. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of stuff for everybody on that thing. Uh, there's a lot of really cool games. Uh, but there's not really much to talk about it beyond that. Uh, like I said, I think the really cool uh, thing about these being on here is the promise of more to come. Because yeah, there's a lot of games that they could put on there. They already said that uh, Camelot's Golden Sun will be on here as well. A lot of people love that game. Um, so yeah, look forward to more news about that. Um, Metroid Prime, uh, I played, I probably played, I played like three or four hours of it again. I love that game. It's probably my second favorite GameCube game. Uh, man, it's still great and it looks beautiful. Um, again, it's this, it takes a release like this to really put in perspective how disappointing the look of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is. Because this is a game that is just a remaster of a game that came out 20 years ago. And it looks amazing. Like, the art direction still holds up. 
the texture rework that they did is a is just stellar. It's a beautiful game, uh, and it plays just like how you remember, except better because they added modern twin stick control. Uh, it's still a game mostly about locking on to your targets, but it's so much fun. I think this is your opportunity to jump into another Metroid game because after you're playing Dread, now you know what to Dread. expect from the series. You've played first-person shooters before. You should absolutely try Metroid Prime now. This is your opportunity. Rob, doesn't Metroid Prime like rotate between first-person and third-person? Oh, well, mm, that's a tough... It's mostly first-person. It goes into third-person when it when you're in the morph ball. Okay. And that's ex- I think that's the only time that it does that. Uh, it's awesome. It's such a good game. It's so well-designed. It's constantly giving you a carrot and the stick to like go to the next thing, just like Dread did. Um, the boss battles are really fun. It's just, it's a great game. Uh, you should absolutely try it. And for only $40, it's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, there's a lot of game there, and it's really, really cool. It's a classic. And so, yeah, I'm glad that it's available on this kind of new form for a lot of people to play it for the first time, or for people like me to jump into it again and play something that I've literally played, like, probably all the way through, like, five times. <laughs> I play this game a lot, so I know it pretty well. <laughs> Except I still get stuck. I actually have to Google right now where next to go because I know I need the plasma beam, but I don't remember where I get it. Or no, I get the wave beam first, I think. I don't remember where that to get it. It gave me an icon on my map, but I'm like, how the hell do I get in there? This is blocked off. And so I try, I'm try. i trying to figure out without, because I haven't found the map room yet to Fendron Adrift. So I don't know where I am. Oh my God, that game rules. So yeah, Metro Prime, still good. And I'm so happy that they did that day one, day one uh, shadow drop of it. I guess that's the term now. After Hi-Fi Rush got announced, everybody's dro- using Shadow Drop as the name for when something just comes out on the day it's released or day it's announced. But like, company's been doing this for a while now. Well, now we have a name for it. Now we have a name. It took us <laughs> ten years. Shadow Drop. It's good. Um, and then uh, this wasn't announced at the show. It actually came out last week, but I finally got around to playing it. I played some Goldeneye 007, uh, the remaster. It's right. on Xbox and Nintendo. So what they okay. did was, it is an a la carte game you can download on Xbox uh, Game Pass. If you own a copy of Rare Replay for Xbox, it's also added that to that. But on Nintendo's side, it's part of the N64 expansion pack online stuff. So if you have the N64 collection, it will appear in there. The difference between the versions is notable. Uh, the Nintendo version has online multiplayer. The Xbox Game Pass version does not. However, both contain the entire uh, single-player campaign, which is most what most people are in for anyways. I played a first the first two uh, levels of the campaign on the Xbox. The Xbox version has everything in widescreen and up-res up, up, uh, 4K. Notably, the Switch version does not. Switch version keeps the 4-3 ratio of the Union 64 original. So just, just in case that matters to you. Uh, but yeah, I played the first couple of missions. That's still Goldeneye. Still plays as what you would expect. It's still the game that you want. So um, yeah, but just know about those multiplayer differences before you go in to decide which version, I guess, you get. Um, I don't know how much that game holds up. Uh, it's of a design that was very of its time. So go in expecting it to play like 1997, I guess is my warning. <laughs> then yeah, then last, uh, lastly, but definitely not least, I did finally jump into Dead Space. You can see um, some gameplay of me playing that on our Twitch channel for the next couple days, I think, until it expires. 
since I didn't play that on the computer, I don't have video uh, uh, saved of that. Uh, that being said, Dead Space is really good. Um, it's a great remake of that 2008 game. It leans more into the horror aspect of it, so it's less of an action game, but there's still a lot of action to be had. A lot of jump scares, a lot of things creeping up on you when you least expect it. Uh, the narrative is pretty interesting. Uh, I do want to know what happened to the rest of the crew. I want to know what the, like, the next thing, I want to know what happened to my girlfriend, uh, who's presumably dead. Who knows? Maybe she's a zombie. I don't know. Uh, it's really cool. And oh my God, the lighting design is amazing. I kind of wish there was an HDR version of this because that would look even more amazing. I bet the PS5 version has it. I'm playing on Series X. Um, it just... A well, well, well designed remake. And it's almost making me think, should I go back and play Resident Evil 2 remake? Because so many people said that that was great and it's got <laughs> similar vibes to this. And I'm like, if I'm having fun with this, maybe I should try that because uh, I might like it too. Ammo scarcity is killing me though. Like I can't, I, I'm constantly running out of ammo and it really is that classic uh, survival horror uh, where you feel like you constantly are behind, like behind and getting stuff to feel like you're powerful enough to get people. But that's the whole part of it being scary is like it, it all goes back into that dread of like, am I going to survive this? Am I going to get my head ripped off? I just got to a point right now where I'm not really sure how to proceed because there's an enemy I legitimately do not know how to kill. <laughs> it's this big, bulky guy. And every time I hit him, like I feel like everything is bouncing right off of this dude. I'm like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to kill him. And he's blocking my my entrance to something. And I'm like, okay, do I just run past him? Maybe. Um, I have a lot of fun with Dead Space. I'm going to play more of that. Uh, my plan for this week, though, is I really need to go back and finish Hi-Fi Rush so I can do a proper uh, thoughts post on it. Because I just want to start finishing these games, but there's just so much game. It's hard <laughs> for me, especially when stuff like Metroid Prime comes out and makes me derails me for handful of hours but that's a good problem to have though too much game Although, it is a good sometimes problem, it's yeah. not because i had the same problem with like horizon provision west and that was too right. much game yeah um what's your what's your <laughs> gameplay so you you played more uh, uh marvel's midnight suns this week i did play more marvel's midnight suns however i think i'm kind of at the my end of my rope on that because the story is no longer grabbing me okay as much as it was uh, the gameplay is good. I like the gameplay. I like the battling, but it's an in-between action of go here, talk to this person, go here, talk to this person, yeah. and trying to like flesh out the story. But then when I get to the story missions, it's very quick and not enough to keep me interested in it. So I may bounce off of that game soon. Yeah, and that game is so heavy on the narrative that if the narrative's not working for you, there's not a whole lot of game. Which is funny because, like, at first part, it was. Like, I really liked that narrative. But then it got so long to go between introducing of the new characters, uh -huh. between not having, between the core base people, and then finally introducing Spider-Man, and then finally introducing Wolverine. That's like, I know there's more people coming because box art cover. <laughs> it's going to take this long to get to the new people. They're just basically dragging it out for dragging it out sake for story sake. Yeah, you might get what you want by looking up some cutscenes on YouTube, maybe. Yeah. Then, but I mean that's fine because there's no, more stuff coming out. I believe the next big release for us on our calendar is uh, Return to Dreamland, uh, which is out on Switch in a week, two, week and a half. I'm not sure. Yep. So, um, or uh, unless you want my copy of Forspoken. <laughs> No, um, you talked about Forspoken enough. 
Yeah, okay. Um, then I'll send that back because I was nope. I almost returned it yesterday and I was like, did he want this? I wasn't you can curious, return so. it because I got something else coming. Okay. So yeah, well I got it's more coming today. Games. I'll play it. I'll stream it on Monday. Okay. And you'll see what it is. Okay. Well, uh we'll report back when we have more games to talk about next week. But in the meantime, uh let's roll into the music section. Oh, uh, real briefly, um, because when I did get bored, I decided to download WWE 23 because <laughs> it's hey. a part of the PlayStation uh, Extra. And so it's I was like, time. hey, you can download this right now. Yeah, it's that time of year. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, completely did not know what I was doing. <laughs> so I mean, hey, it's a wrestling like it's running around, but hey, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the stuff um, for like the instant downloads that both uh, PlayStation and Xbox offer. Right. Yeah, it's really the, cool. The cloud you... stuff. It's just you can download it, you can play it, and then you can take it right off. In fact, speaking of, it's that time of year again. Uh, Madden twenty three is coming to Game Pass, uh, like next week. So, like, hey, <laughs> if you missed Watch last year's Madden, over. <laughs> you can now play it. Anyway, music. Anyways, yeah, let's get into some music, and we start the music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot One Hundred. Yeah. And once again, it's Flowers by Miley Cyrus, your number one song. It is now her longest uh, lasting number one hit. Coming in at two, Kill Bill by SZA. At three, Creepin' by Metro Boomin'. Moving up this week. The Weeknd and 21 Savage. At four, Antihero by Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. Dropping. And rounding out your top five, Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. So Creepin' yeah. and Antihero just flip-flop. Yeah, and don't don't tell Ted Cruz that uh, Unholy is still number five. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get there. Uh, yes, anyways, um, for the Grammy bump, that's going to happen next week. Yes. Or at least you'll see the results next week. Uh, as for your Billboard 200, your albums chart, at number one, the name chapter, colon, <laughs> Temptation, EP, by Tomorrow X Together. It's your, uh, every once in a, like, maybe two or three times a year, this is your uh, K-pop uh, fans K-pop. move an album to number one, and this is what happened here. At number two, SOS by SZA. At three, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. At four, Heroes and Villains by Metro Boomin. And rounding out your top five, Her Loss by Drake and 21 Savage. If you didn't like any of those albums. We have new releases. Starting with Desire, I Want to Turn Into You by Caroline Polachek. So that is actually a Valentine's Day release, so that is out on Tuesday. And I might check this out because I saw her in concert yeah. for the Dua Lipa concert. She's, yeah, really she's, liked it. she's a, uh, a pop artist that's gained popularity like like tenfold in the last few years. Uh, she used to be the singer for a band called Chairlift, and ever since she's gone solo, she's became more and more and more and famous. Um, I associate her as being like besties with Charlie XCX. She's kind of that yeah. kind of area of pop. Yep. Well, she was also at Coachella last year. Yeah. Uh, we also have Sevens by Every Tear. Trust Fall by Pink. Yes, yes that, that Pink. pink. All Fiction by Pyle and Desire Pathway by Screaming Females. Something for everybody this week. Well, something for everybody. Speaking of something for everybody, (laughs) we got Hermes. 
yeah, there wasn't a Grammy for everybody, mostly for Beyonce. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, the Grammys happened, and we were so very wrong. Yep, so if, very wrong. If the Grammys were a target <laughs> right here on the screen, we were out there in Kansas. We are nowhere near anywhere to the Grammys. So last week I mentioned I was going to do some sort of post on the website where we are going to post our predictions. I ended up not doing that uh, because when I found out that we were like, going to be wrong on all of the main ca- major categories, I was like, there's no reason to post this. Anymore. Say how wrong we were. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to say how wrong we were. Yeah, it ended up being a predictable in its unpredictableness night at the Grammys. Yeah, so let's start with the some of the top field um record of the year went to about damn time congratulations to lizzo i don't know what they're thinking here i don't know what they were thinking here i love lizzo don't get me wrong she seems like a great person she seems like a hoot to hang out with i just didn't like that album that much and about time about damn time is a song with a good verse and a a boring chorus and an okay production I don't get why it wins with record of the year. Record of the year it just baffles me completely. I mean that's okay because album of the year went to Harry's House by Harry Styles. Also baffling. This album's boring. I'm sorry, people. This album is paint drying on the wall. Boring. As it was, is a good song that I enjoy a lot. Surrounded by songs that I could not even tell you a thing about. Like songs for a sushi restaurant. Oh. I just don't get it. I mean, Harry Styles, sure. He's a safe choice. He's popular with all sorts of age groups, as the Grammys wanted you to believe. Uh, And yeah, it's just... mm, He just is... He makes okay music firmly in the okay zone. He makes like 6 out of 10. And I just don't get... He's not not album of the year material. And just like that (laughs) is your song of the year. By Bonnie Raitt. So, I'm I'm pulled in two different directions on this on this one. One, sure, absolutely give a, a Grammy to late career Bonnie Raitt. She deserves it. She's a great songwriter. She's a great performer. Um, her tribute, her uh, tribute with Cheryl Crow and um, and uh, what's his name from Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood. Yeah, was it was cool and it reminded everybody. Oh, Bonnie Raitt can sing. I'm glad that she gets a Grammy here. I, I think it's cool to uh, to uh, reward her, her. But in no way is the song of the year for the year of our Lord 2022. No, there's other things here. It's as it was, in my opinion. It's just, it's ba- it, again, it's such a weird left field choice that if they're going to like award anyone here, I'm just so confused why it's Bonnie Raitt. Like, absolutely, yes, does she deserve it? Probably, but... It just, it goes to show you that all of these seem completely blind to the actual trends in music. They seem blind to performance. They seem blind to popularity. They seem blind to trends. It seems like they just, the the voting populace just is like, that's a name I recognize. And so it's like, almost like if an entire award show were built on what they always say the animated film category in the Oscars is, right? It's like, oh, I recognize that. That's a Disney movie vote. <laughs> That's what it feels like. The entire Grammys operation feels like that. It's Except bizarre. For, um, best new artist, because that goes to Samara Joy. Again, not, not what to I not Samara with. Joy. However, I'm glad it went to her and not Monoskin. Uh, oh, yeah, but... I'm glad you're, you're probably glad about that. <laughs> 
but being that being said, yeah, still like what? I mean, I saw her performance in the pre-show. It wasn't even in the main show. Her performance was in the pre-show, and she's a good, solid jazz singer. I get it. But what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I don't know. Bizarre. Bizarre choices. You mean you think this is the next Janelle Monet? No, because Janelle Monet is a pop artist with some leanings in like R and B. I think that Samara Joy is a traditional. She's kind of remember when um, what's her name? Oh shoot! There's another winner of this category from a few years back that uh, is similar in in vibe, and I forget what her name is. But anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 the Grammys being safe is what this is which is fine. She's good. She's a good singer. She's got a very unique voice, which is great. But again, it's just seemed blind so much of what modern music is. But I'm not a family voter, so I can't say. Anyways. Well, we did have Adele win for best pop solo performance for Easy On Me. That's the one we did call, I think. Yep. Um, best pop duo Went to Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Makes sense. Michael Buble won for best album for Hire. For pop album, pop right? Album, yeah, pop album. Yeah, and then pop vocal album went to Harry's House, Harry Styles. Yeah. Uh, but hey, at least Beyonce won for uh, EDM music. Yes, and that was the big winner, uh, big uh, news story, I think, by the end of the night, which was Beyonce is now uh, has now taken the lead. She has won more Grammys than anyone, period. Mm-hmm. Period, period. Not even, like, you don't have to qualify that statement anymore. It's just true. Yep. Not, like, solo artist, though. It's just period. Right. Or solo artist, pop artist, w- woman. No, none of the above. She's just the biggest Grammy winner. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, performances. What do you feel like the performances over the night? Any uh, ones that stood out? I know my answer. <laughs> uh, you mean the devil one? <laughs> and holy? No, no. Oh. It was fun, but it was, like... There was one though that was very easily rare, was the best yeah. moment of the night. Which one? Of course, it was the fifty years of hip hop medley. Oh. Blew my mind. They got everybody. They got so many people. So many people I didn't even realize were still performing from the early days of hip hop. It was amazing. It was all great. Everybody yeah, see, was. I didn't realize how important that was until oh. at the very end when L Cool J said that like. You know, they wouldn't let us be even be nominated 30 yeah. years ago. And here we are now taking over the stage. I was like, oh, yeah, it has been 30 years. But yeah. then again, like growing up, like over the past 30 years and probably only paying attention for the past 30 some odd years. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think of it like that. It's just, oh, yeah, I don't no. think it's always part of it. For for people who care at all about hip hop, like, and I saw this reaction on Twitter, it was like mind bending stuff. Like the fact that all this was happening and it was happening on the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and it just goes to show you that you could do this with a lot of genres and it would be really cool, but especially cool with hip hop because of how unique its origin story is, right? And how varied its sound has been over the last 50 years of its existence. You got to see like in real time go from its origin to the modern version of it. It was just so cool to see. It was so cool to see everybody on stage in their element still doing their thing. Now, you could argue that it's missing a lot of key players. Uh, Notably, Lil Wayne was supposed to be a part of this and didn't end up coming to the show. Um, So you could see that there was probably gaps, and they even admitted that 
in the kind of the preamble to it is like, yeah, we didn't get everybody, but that was never the intention. The intention was to give you an idea of just how cool it would be if we got most of everybody that you would want to see on there. No Will Smith, but you did get DJ Jazzy Jeff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like every era was represented. It was just such a cool moment. So absolutely probably the coolest thing that this Grammys did and maybe even the coolest thing the Grammys have done in like a decade, like easily to me. It's just amazing that they pulled it together and it was so much fun. So yeah, to anybody who missed it, that's probably the one thing to pull up. That was the one clip to pull up. And then you had the exact opposite of that feeling into the show, which was the most gratuitous, like self-indulgent thing I've ever seen where DJ Khaled got all his friends at a table <laughs> to, say, to sing an eight-minute song. How long did they sing an eight-minute song? They literally shut down the freeway so they could perform on the, on it. Mm. They shut down that exit right there saying, you can't go from here to here because we need to perform for the Grammys. So, you know, if you thought LA traffic was already <laughs> bad, you can blame DJ Khaled because yeah. he, he made another one. <laughs> you know, everything is a spectrum and even hip-hop is a spectrum. And you have the best parts of it and the worst parts of it in the same... Uh, same award ceremony so there you go other than that the other uh, performances that I thought were notable um, trying to think um, there were a lot uh, I did I appreciated um, Casey Musgraves cover of Loretta Lynn's uh, Coal Miner's Daughter I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool and kind of good opening to the In Memoriam segment uh, it um, opened with Bad Bunny yeah, ben- like all throughout the um, aisles there I feel like most people are now just talking about Taylor Swift's dancing during it, but uh, besides that. um, Oh, also in that In Memoriam, you had that really touching tribute uh, uh, that uh, uh, who's the other Migos? Not Offset. The other one. Quavo? Quavo, thank you. Quavo's uh, tribute to the late uh, Takeoff. Uh, That was really touching. And when they started interpolating um, uh, love theme from Fast and Furious, uh, whatever the hell that song is called, uh, See You Again, again. (laughs) they started interpolating that into the song. And I was like, oh, no, they're going for the manly man tears. Manly man tears. Um, That was sad. Although, weirdly enough, I found out after the show that apparently there was an altercation that took place between uh, Quavo and Offset before that, before he went on to perform that. They apparently don't get along anymore. (laughs) Yeah, bad news. But um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of other notable performances besides that. You mentioned the unholy one, which was cheesy, cheesy but fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, overall, pretty solid night for performances. I don't think that there were that many that I didn't like. There was only one that I skipped. I'm gonna have you guess with the one that I skipped. Uh. Look Holmes one. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. Well, because I was watching it recorded when I came home late. And so I was just like, it was already like 11 o'clock. And I was like, I'm sorry, I do not have the energy to sit through Luke Holmes right now. <laughs> so that was the only one I fast forwarded through. But but yeah, ultimately, uh, a good night for performances, weird and baffling night for uh for um for awards. I think that's ultimately how I felt. I mean it's like, overall it's good. I think he's like you mentioned the um the hip hop all star event. Yeah. Uh was probably the highlight of the entire Grammys. 
Yeah. Well, that and Beyonce winning, but yeah. Uh, overall, yeah. If those are your two main takeaways, then yeah, you don't need to like worry about what the Grammys think about anything this year. Yeah. On to next year, and where Taylor will be competing <laughs> heavily everywhere. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Uh, we probably are only now, you know, getting into what's going to be the field of competitors next year. I think mm-hmm. so far, maybe yeah, Midnight's and maybe SOS are probably your first couple that I could see easily show up. Uh, hey, let's see how the rest of the year unfolds to see what the rest of the Grammy picture will look like. Yep. All right. All right. With that, Anything else about the Grammys, then? I think that's it with the Grammys, which means we can look forward to our second story, which is about tomorrow. Yeah, the other big show happening yes. uh, on Sunday. So everyone's going to gather around TV, get your wings, get your pizza, get your snacks, and get ready for the Rihanna concert. Hell yeah. We got chips. We got salsa. I got stuff to make uh, veggie burgers. And <laughs> I bought a case of White Claws. So I'm prepared for tomorrow. Ooh, I got to get some White Claws. That's yes, a good call. Claws. Yep. Ooh, there ain't no money. law. Yes. There ain't no law when you're drinking the claw. Yep. <laughs> but yes, Rihanna. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna will be performing in the in between two football halves. <laughs> uh, yes, and as, her... as the halftime show usually takes place, yes. Yeah, you know, if anyone actually <laughs> wants to watch the football games. Um, but, you know, it will mark her return to the live music stage for the first time in nearly seven years. Yeah. So, you know, how's the global icon actually feeling about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, quote, it feels like playing the Super Bowl could have only been now, she said during an Apple Music press conference, because Apple is Apple Music is putting on the show now. Yeah, yeah, goodbye, Bridgestone. Goodbye, Pepsi. It's now <laughs> Apple's show. Yes. Uh, she went on to say, quote, when I first got the call to do it this year, I was like, are you sure? I'm three months postpartum. Should I be making major decisions like this right now? <laughs> I might regret this. You know, when you become a mom, there's something that happens where you feel like you can take on the world and do anything. The Super Bowl is one of the biggest stages in the world. As scary as it was, because I haven't been on stage in seven years, there's something exhilarating about the challenge of it all. Um, she continues, it's important for me to do it to do this year. It's important for my son to see that. Oh. Uh, Rihanna said the biggest challenge in creating her Super Bowl halftime show has been nailing down a set list. The show will run for 13 minutes, but Rihanna has a career that spans eight albums and 17 years. Cramming all of that into just 13 minutes has been, quote, difficult. She said, some songs we have to lose because of that and that's going to be okay. We did a pretty good job at narrowing it down. There's probably been about 39 versions of the set list right now. We're on our 39th. Every little change counts. Yeah, it's not in the story, but I did see an additional quote where she was like, some fans are probably going to be disappointed, which you can't make everybody happy at one of these things. I think you're probably going to hear the huge hits. Uh, she's going to do Umbrella. I'm sorry to, to tell everybody. She's going to do Umbrella. So I actually asked all my coworkers this question. Yeah. What is Rihanna going to open with? That's a good question. 
uh, no, you know, I asked that question and then I decided to like put all her singles and hit songs into a bracket. Yeah. And then we just started narrowing it down. Um, she has at least 32 hits out there. So, uh, getting it down to just four was in a challenge of itself. Yeah. Uh, but we came down to the opening of All of the Lights. Hmm, with the okay. very bombastic and just her coming out with like with the first couple notes of turn up the lights in here, baby. I want you all to see this. Do you do that though now? Because I feel like you don't. I feel because like it is anything that Kanye. is Kanye adjacent, I think is a no. Yeah, but it's just her just doing that first mm-hmm. opening and then go right into another song. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say okay. that doesn't happen. All right. The other song we've got to, uh, that number two, Bitch Better Have My Money. <laughs> I think that's the one I can't think she can't do because of the, the venue. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, just start coming out with it. It's like, <laughs> I think it's maybe a you end on that. Yeah, I don't know. I think you do. I think you open with Umbrella. I think it's your most notable song. I think it's your most recognizable song. Uh, okay, side question then. Do you bring out Kendrick Lamar and do Loyalty? I don't think so, because he was there last year. Well, same thing with Eminem, so you don't do Monster? Correct. I think maybe she does her part of Monster, but I don't think Eminem shows. Now, what about Work featuring Drake? That could happen. That's more likely. Although, mm, they have a complicated relationship over the last decade, uh, so I'm not actually sure how if they're even on speaking terms. So we figure that she's going to have to eventually sing Disturbia, Diamonds. <laughs> yeah, Diamonds. Um, umbrella. Maybe open, with, maybe open with diamonds. Try bright like a diamond. Yeah, that's like the midpoint. Oh yeah, you're right. You break it down. Everybody goes to the diamonds. Everybody has their phones up. Yeah, yeah. Every, all the lights go out. You put the phone up. Yeah, you're probably right. That is a mid um, set. There's also uh, we found love. Oh yeah, you could open with that. Yeah, uh, rude boy. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. Although I don't know, that might be one she has to cut. Uh, SOS, <laughs> her own SOS version. Oh, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, we ride SNM. Oh, pfft, I don't think she can do it. <laughs> I mean, she can do whatever she wants, I don't know if they'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, but uh, one that we all were rooting for, but probably won't happen. Uh, birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about birthday cake. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, but I think if we had to put one, um, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick uh, This Is What You Came For. Yeah. Featuring yeah. Calvin Harris. That's a good opener. And then go right into This Is What You Came For. And then, boom, here are the hits. Now, hits, hits, hits. she does This Is What You Came For. She bring out Taylor. <laughs> That's no. the move, right? That's the move. Because what, cause it's Calvin Harris? Well, and she wrote the... She wrote the song. Yeah. So it's like, it could happen. Well, it was under the pseudonym, remember? What? She wrote it under the pseudonym, not as Taylor Swift. No, but eventually it became, she got credit for it. Uh, That would be really smart, I think, of Rihanna to do. That would blow everybody's collective minds. Yeah, but then, but the only problem is that if you do that, then people are talking about Taylor Swift at the halftime show, not Rihanna at the halftime show. Maybe. Then again, we'll everyone was talking about 
of how uh, 50 Cent just appeared at the halftime show right. last year. Exactly. I don't think it did anything to uh, distract from the rest of it. I don't know. Uh, I think that would be definitely a power move if she did that. Yeah. Could happen. Could happen. Maybe that um, would actually lend credence to why it was such a big rumor that she was going to be here. Because she was going to have a featuring appearance. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, look, nonetheless, no matter what, I'm sure it'll be a fun show. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go to Vegas right now and make a bet on what you think <laughs> the first song will be. That's funny. <laughs> you know, and we're going to do it now before she makes her 40th and 41st set list change. Right. <laughs> so we're not in sports yet. So we'll talk about a little bit more about the Super Bowl actual game later. But uh, I have oh, a next. general. Yeah, I have a general Super Bowl question for you real okay. quick. So I read on the internet that the through the Fox Sports app, they will be doing a 4K presentation for free. You do not have to sign up with your cable provider. Okay. I heard this. So I'm at a I'm at a dilemma, I think, with, with what I'm gonna do. Because you have a 4K TV. Do I? And I want to get your opinion here. Do I watch the Super Bowl through the 4K feed, but possibly miss some commercials because of it? Or do I watch the worst feed and definitely guarantee myself I will see every single commercial? So all the commercials will be online afterwards. We That's kind of true. That is true. So, but other thing to think of is that this is fox sports right mm -hmm. or this is yeah. fox um broadcasting okay. the super bowl live stream on 4k right. how reliable are you on that 4k uh stream because as we pointed out a couple <laughs> weeks ago with hbo max yeah trying to do a live stream of sports across the world yeah of uh, uh, the soccer that's going on in new zealand right now that feed is very janky that's why I wanted to ask you, because I'm not super familiar with that app. I've never used it. Or no, that's not true. I think I used it briefly. I think I did a free trial back when they did um, some, no, it wasn't World Series game. No. It was some sort of baseball game. Oh, it was well, the All-Star game last year. I think I watched the All-Star game on their app because they had it in uh, 4K. Okay, how was that? That was also last year. It was pretty good. Uh, quality was pretty good. Uh, but but doesn't um, Apple also stream it in 4K? No. Everybody thought it did. They're just using really high-quality 1080p cameras, apparently. Okay. That's what that was. They said, uh, people asked them, like, is this 4K? And they were like, no, it's not. It just looks, it's just, they have a higher bit rate for 1080p than a lot of streaming uh, services do, is I think what the explanation ultimately was. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I do a 4K and then just like risk it, and then if it bails on me, then I can switch back. You can also do the first the 4K for the first quarter or first like see series, see how it yeah. plays. If a lot of people are using it, it will probably drop your um, bit rate. I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how people actually go to streaming because it still is more of a cable package, you know, because Fox. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, All right. Yeah, just make sure your internet connection is strong because we've seen what happens with a weak internet connection. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyways, yeah, we'll get into the actual thoughts on what's going to happen. Yes. In like just... about five minutes here. Yeah. First, we we'll get into some thoughts. Talk about the game later. But yes, we uh, listened to a couple of things. Um, 
what is this that you put down here? I don't recognize this. Oh, this is the new song. I forgot to get who it's by. <laughs> okay, this is what I thought. Of... Okay, this is uh, this was news to me. Yes, this was news to a lot of people, <laughs> except if you're paying attention on Lincoln Park's website as they put down uh, a countdown clock for the uh, announcement of Meteora, the 20th anniversary of it. But when they did so, they also said that they were going to release new unreleased music from that time. I see. Um, and lo and behold, we got our first new Linkin Park sound song. Sound. Sound song. <laughs> sound. Well, it's, it's weird to say because it is a sound because it's from the tw from 20 years ago era mm -hmm. of Linkin Park, not five years ago when we lost Chester Bennington. But it was also the first time we've all heard new Lincoln Park in those five years. Yeah. So that song is now out. Um, it's in a companion piece to several of the bonus tracks that are part of the Meteora 20th Anniversary Edition coming out on vinyl. Are you going to pick no, that up? No. One, I don't have a vinyl a record player. Two, it hasn't stopped it, a lot of people. Two, it's uh, $190 to $200. On the website, Lordy, okay, yeah, but it's not just the Meteora album. It's that on vinyl, you get the two live um, albums that they did as well, uh, the one live in Texas and the one in um, the UK as well. Okay, okay, as well as the DVD concert shows and a bunch of other artwork. So, you know, I've Sounds. spent clearly that much on other stuff. Point to you, God of War, Ragnarok. clearly, yes. <laughs> Video games, you have no hesitation in spending that kind of money. Because <laughs> I will uh, gladly pay and enjoy every little beast piece of it. This, however, as much as I am a very big Linkin Park fan, I don't know how much I really want to pay to just listen to some new music. Especially yeah. if I don't have a record player myself where I can just play it on repeat and wear out the grooves. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, new Linkin Park. Um, but it's not New Linkin Park because the sound of 20 years ago, Linkin Park. So hard to say that's new, but it is the first time that we're hearing this sound from them in 20 years because they've always had a constantly evolving and changing sound. Yeah. Uh, and it made me immediately want to go back to those records. And that's exactly what I did. I listened to it. I listened to it about five times and immediately back. and like, yeah, this could easily slot in to the Meteor album. I can get why it's cut because that album was just full of hits after hits. It was such a big album, even of its time and even now, um, very big, very influential on a lot of um, people in that new metal, just in rock in general. Mm -hmm. um, and Lost hits all those notes, took me right back to my middle school, high school days of like, yeah, this was like the best time for like this music. Um also, just the lyrics, the, the lyrics of feeling lost, feeling not know what you're going, not know what you're doing, hit me in that middle school era where you're feeling like you're lost, mm -hmm. you don't know what you're doing, you want to like know where the things going, but you're also feeling lost within your own self. So, a lot of those like lyrics that Lincoln Park from Meteora's time hit on hit here in this song. Mm -hmm. Now, do note it is a song. They have not said they were going to release any other songs. Uh, but there are, like I said, there are, there is a going to be a bonus track with the 20th anniversary 
So I probably expect that to be on streaming in two years' time. Okay, all right. So yeah, sounds like a Linkin Park ass Linkin Park song. It was very Linkin Park ass Linkin Park song. <laughs> you can listen to it on YouTube right now, uh, as well as streaming. All right. Uh, but unsure and didn't really say if they were put any of the other stuff uh, on streaming immediately. But you yeah. know. First new uh, song in five years with Chester Bennington vocals. That's pretty cool. So yeah. uh, definitely something the fans will be excited about. It seems like they already are. Yes. I have yeah. pulled one of one fans and we are very excited. <laughs> Fair enough. You speak for all of them. I, I don't know if people know that, but yeah, you are the mouthpiece. <laughs> anyway. Now, because I was listening to that like on repeat all yesterday, yeah. we got to about half the album um, for Paramore. Uh, Sorry, yes. I'm just going to continue blinking into the camera here. This is great audio. Shocked uh, you can speak because, you know, we talked about me, like, or us wanting to listen to the new Paramore album yes. and getting to it. Uh, but you did listen to it, and you actually put a write-up for it on the website. Yes, I listened to it uh, three times yesterday. And, yeah, I have um, a review of sorts of thoughts, if you will, as we call it, up on MediaBoatPodcast.com right now for it. Uh, and... Um, well, there's a lot to get into here, but I'll try to be brief because I know we're trying to have a relatively short show here. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so we really, really, really liked After Laughter, the last Paramore record. Uh, that was our favorite record of that year on here on the Media Boat podcast. Um, it kind of took their sound into a different direction, kind of into an 80s synth dance kind of area. And we had a really good time with it. It's a solid album. And um for better or for worse, but uh, for better and for worse, uh, this is why with this is their new record out this week is not that. Um, a lot of people heard the first couple of uh, singles from this thing and thought, oh, is this going back to a previous sound for them? And the answer is a little bit more complicated than that. No, it's not really a regression because even this doesn't really sound like anything they've done before. This is why it goes in more of a post-punk direction, um, which, depending on your frame of reference, could mean one of two things. You get a lot of late 70s, like, talking heads, blondie from this, you, but you also get early 2000s post-punk revival stuff from this. I saw a lot of people pointing out Block Party, a lot of people thinking uh, Interpol, um, that kind of era. Uh, and I think it does both of those things at once, mm -hmm. um, at the same time as being a adult anxiety record. And what I mean by that is most of the songs here are basically about adulting, to use the annoying <laughs> uh, millennial term for it, which is where she's talk where uh, a lot of Haley's lyrics here are about just the anxieties of daily life about doing things that feeling like it's never enough doing things like she's running out of time that there's not enough time to complete the things she wants to or feeling like she's in an endless cycle and never being able to escape or uh just being like being terrorized by the news every day and looking at the like doom scrolling through your feed and just being like ah like i can't escape from just like constant reminders that the world is going to shit that kind of vibe Sounds pretty dour, but the actual album is a little more fun than that. Um, it uses kind of that post-punk kind of like driving rhythm um, to that I do think interpolates a little bit of what they learned on After Laughter. You do get a more of a dance feel, especially on the opening track, This Is Why. 
um, where you do still get that, like, I can still groove to this, but it's definitely a moodier, more uh, darker album than that album was. Um, it seems like also she's interpolating some of the stuff that she learned on her solo records, uh, at least thematically. Those also had a lot of songs about kind of her inner turmoil. Uh, I think the first half, I think, is a little bit more fun than the second half. It's got more of those driving rhythms. The second half goes into more of a variety of things. Uh, she even has a ballad here. Um, and depending on the kind of paramour you're signing up for, I think there's something to like uh, throughout this thing. But by the end of it, I felt a little more mixed than I was hoping. Not to say it's not a good record. I think it's all super well produced, super well, uh, well written. I think it's the band, like moving towards their strengths. I think it's the guitars sound amazing on this thing, and it's a style that does complement them. If you're looking for Haley Williams vocal acrobatics, you might be disappointed. There's not a whole lot of those. And if you're looking for a fun poppy uh like ain't it fun kind of style number you're not going to get that here either uh, yeah i think it's good i definitely don't want it to sound i don't want to sound negative on it I, I keep rereading my review that i wrote because i'm worried that it, i keep worrying does this sound too negative because i don't want it to come across that way it's a really good album and i would not be surprised if it sticks with me through the rest of the year but it's heavy in both sound and lyrically. I think that it's it's not the follow-up that I thought that they would make. Um, I still think that may, I prefer After Laughter to this, and I still think I prefer the self-title to this. It reminds me a lot tonally of Brand New Eyes, their 2009 record, but does not sound anything like it. It's hard to describe. I think Paramore fans will find things to like here, though, and I think that it's worth a listen. Yeah, I mean, your view did sound a bit negative, but I think it's more negative in terms of people who are coming in expecting a certain sound, expecting yeah. a certain paramour. And, you know, and, it, and I think in the end of the day, that's a good thing. I like that there, and I gesture towards this at the end of my thoughts, is I think it's a good thing that they've gotten to that point in their career where they can just make what they want. I think that's awesome. And that is what they're doing. They've gotten to that point where, like, they're, unlike their peers... And they're like their genre appears from the 2000s. You can look at the fueled by ramen roster and look at the differences between them and you know the rest of them. And you can even look at like what they're doing. They're on a completely different level. They've gotten to the point where they are a still a current sounding band that does new things every time that work and are critically loved. They're not out here, you know, hemorrhaging band members anymore. Like they're out there, like they're a solid three piece that keeps churning out classics. You can't say the same thing about bands like even Fallout Boy, which are trying right now desperately to get that feeling back that they had in the 2000s. They're having this big comeback right now because or they knew the disco who broke up. Right, exactly. Boy. And like Paramore never had that, even through the turmoil they had, losing certain key members of that early lineup and having drama in the band. They didn't let that stop them, and they became even stronger in the, the road out of it. So, like, they're such a unique animal and such a unique band that I'm glad that they've gotten to this part in their career where they can just make music that they want to make. And it always sounds good. It's guaranteed to sound great. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I'm i ultimately positive on it. I did really like I do really like it. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to 
work differently, I think, depending on what you're bringing into it. So. But yeah, I recommend yeah. finishing it, and I, I'd be interested to see what your feelings are on the whole the whole product. Yeah, cause I got about halfway through. I stopped at, um, I think, Saint Camisa. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it's here. At least get to figure eight. It's my favorite song on the record. And that's so. what you wrote up. I didn't get there yet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. Anyway. I mean, yeah. But yeah, I'm good stuff this weekend. So it's it's, it's, it's all yeah. fun shit. It is really good. Yeah, like I said, I'll finish it, and then next week, I'm almost certain I'll get to the uh, Caroline Polachek yeah. album. All right, uh, cool. But yeah, well, but then again, don't hold me to anything. I guess. Yeah, we will see what happens we'll this see. week. All right, listen to anything else? I mean, some smaller stuff. Um, I'll really, I won't add this to the list because I don't think we'll talk about it ever again the rest of this year. I did listen to that new Shania Twain. It's fine. I don't know. The poor... I just... I feel for Shania. I feel like she's trying to have a comeback moment right now. The songs just aren't that strong. Uh, it's just not good enough, in my opinion. And unfortunately, it's just a reality of the, you know, of her going through uh, having Lyme disease. Uh, where it's just, it's not going to sound like the same thing. It's just not... She's not going to be that same person she was in the 2000s. That world-conquering voice is just it's not going to be the same. And I think she knows that to a certain extent. So she's now recording songs that kind of lean into that, but they're just not, the songwriting just isn't there for me. And I was pretty disappointed with what it was. Not that I was expecting a lot, but uh, it's there. If you want, if you're curious, it's there. Is what yeah. I'm saying. I did end up listening to that El King uh, album. Yeah. How'd you think but, about it? Um, I listened to it on Sunday, and the fact that it took me just now to realize, oh yeah, I did listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> feel, yeah. it's solid. It's a solid country record, but it's not that memorable. Yeah. All right. yeah, I mean, at least I did listen to it, but yeah, nothing like too memorable. Nothing I want to write here, like say, like, oh yeah, that was a good album. No, it's just yeah. it's there. It's an album. Lost my. Fortunately, thoughts. the. Uh, the the uh the doldrums of our sayings of well you know you tried yeah exactly it's only all you can really do sometimes all right all right let's move on to the second half of the show where we start television and we always start television with the sports corner i got your sports corner right here well of course tomorrow is super bowl sunday but before we move into that the nfl did honor some people at the nfl honors the mvp was of course going into tomorrow's game Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. His second, I believe. I think so. Yeah. The offensive player of the year? Yes. Nailed it. Justin Jefferson. So that's two years in a row. It's been receivers. Wow. Last year was Cooper Cup. Oh, yeah. Defensive player of the year was Nick Boza. Congratulations. Um, your check is in the mail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're going to have to help offensive. me on this one. Rookie. Offensive of rookie year. of the year, Garrett Wilson. Yep. Defensive. Receiver for the yes. Jets. Okay. Defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner. Quarterback for the Jets. That's right. The Jets <laughs> have won both rookie of the year awards. I'm for sorry. Offense and defense. I'm sorry. This man is named Sauce Gardner. We talked about this last year when he was drafted. Am I pronouncing his first name correctly? Yeah. He is the Sauce. Yeah, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. 
Yeah. Sauce he Gardner. goes by Sauce Gardner. That's wonderful. He's a cornerback and for the Jets. Yeah. He goes by wow. that's not his name, but it's his nickname. But <laughs> he, he goes by Sauce Gardner. When Sauce they announced Gardner. him for the draft, he he went by Sauce Gardner. When they announced him in that. the NFL games, he goes by Sauce Gardner. I love it. Please, Sauce Gardner, don't do anything like to get canceled because I love the name Sauce Gardner so much. Well, if he stays on the Jets, he's going to end up being like um, Revis Island out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Revis Island. And then lastly, your Walter Payton Man of the Year was Dak Prescott, though. Boo. <laughs> I mean, like, boo for the Cowboys, but then they did the package. I was like, ah, damn it. Yeah. I actually like you now. Wait, no, <laughs> no, 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 Don't no. make me like you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then your Hall of Fame class for 2023 included... Rondé Barber, Darrell Revis, speaking of, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, and Demarcus Ware. Where? Where? Yes. Uh, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, no relations. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darrell Revis, uh, as mentioned, great cornerback of the mm-hmm. year. Um, Rondé Barber, uh, sorry, no, uh, Joe Thomas, offensive lineman. The only offensive player to be entered this year. The other four are all defensive players. Oh, okay. Um, this course means that Reggie Wayne is not officially a Hall of Famer yet. Yeah. Okay. God damn it. Why? He is so <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, congratulations. Those are the five players. There are also another additional five coaches and uh, managers as and owners as well nominated or entered as well. Um, but congratulations to the class of 2023. Congrats. And before we move off of football into some basketball uh, news, uh, let's real talk real briefly about the actual game tomorrow, the Super Bowl. So it will be, of course, as we previously discussed, uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Where yeah. where's your gut now? Uh, have, uh, day twenty four hours pr- before the show here, nearly. Uh, what uh, do you think? I'm go. I'm rooting for the Chiefs, not just because really? my boss is rooting for the Chiefs, but also I want to kind of put these. Um, oh, Patrick Holmes can't win big games. <laughs> um, kind of yeah. to bed. Uh, okay. If he is meant to be like the next Brady for the next 10, 15, 20 okay. years, then he needs to win here. He can't just keep getting to the AFC Championship game yeah. five, over the past five years and then not win the Super Bowl. I think if, the- you, if you're on that projection, then you're on the Peyton Manning projection. Still yeah. a really damn good projection, but yeah. you don't get into that GOAT level of Tom Brady. So the question then is, I think the question that the most people are asking here is how much of that Chiefs team is Mahomes? Because Mahomes is currently dealing with an injury. And so, and on again, off yes, again. But he's had, oh, he's had two weeks now to heal it. So do you think that that is going to be enough, though? Because what happens, though, if it gets worse? And then does a Chiefs team that cannot rely on Mahomes have a chance against the currently momentum, like the momentum of this current Eagles team? Well, no, that's when you look to the Chiefs' backup quarterback. Okay. Uh, future Super Bowl MVP winner, okay. Chad Henney. Okay. Well, we got that uh, Henney. Yes. Uh, he's currently the backup for Patrick Mahomes. And, yes, you do bring up a really good point that the Eagles' defense yeah. is stout. It's dominant. It attacks. Yeah. Um, there's a reason that they've only given up 
20 points in the playoffs. Yeah. There's also a good reason that the they have, the Eagles have put up 40 plus points in the playoffs. So you think this is going to be a uh, a defensive game? I've heard a lot of people say this is going to be tight it will be. because it will be. there's, there's, there's a lot not going to be a whole lot of bet. opportunities. There's a lot of people who are wanting to bet the over uh, right now, uh, but typically when these two when you get teams like this, the number one and number one, it's because they're good mm-hmm. because of their defense. Defense. So defense wins expect... championships, from what I understand. It does. Yes. <laughs> so I'm expecting a like thirteen to nine, a seventeen to nine kind of game. Yeah. Starting to get to the point where I think you're gonna you're gonna laugh really hard at this. I think it took me until eight seasons, but we could probably do a sports podcast. <laughs> we could, well, we're probably there. We have probably a sports could. section here. I know, but we pro- we spend so much time on it now, though. We probably could do it. Should we is another question. Should we is another question. That answer is probably no. No, that probably is probably no. And we'd probably get other people to come in and talk about other sports stuff and rather than it. just like right. football and, and baseball. Oh well, yeah, that would be that would be the idea, right? Is it would be a way to get a couple more people on here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is the worst timing in the world to do that kind of thing <laughs> uh, because we're going to have less time than ever coming up very soon. But yes, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. Let's punch uh, that and come back to it. Later. Of things that happen someday <laughs> that uh, scoring record, you know, eventually yes. gets trampled. Yes, and but, it did. Yep. Because we've been tracking LeBron James's journey towards the scoring record. He has finally beaten uh, the previous record. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's previous scoring record. So he is now over 38,390 points. That's a lot yep. of points. And he's not uh, done. He's, the season's not over yet. Right. He may not even retire at the end of the season. Um, he's probably going to get to at least 40,000 points and then be the, not just the youngest player, but the only player yeah. to reach 40,000 points. And he'll retire on that, I'm sure. No. Like I said, he wants you to play think with so? He wants to play with Brony. That's right. Brony. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, you didn't have this year, but there were some pretty wild trades happening in the NBA this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, the Lakers love LeBron so much that they traded away the other four starters. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Dur- uh, Kevin Durant is now in uh, what Phoenix? Yeah, uh, he's slowly collecting jerseys like Thanos <laughs> connecting Infinity Stones. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, big uh, moves, big moves yeah, in basketball. It, okay, that was probably one of the biggest moves as Durant going to yet mm. another team, <laughs> but this one's with the Suns, which has. Chris Paul on it, so they're pretty uh-huh. much going all in on trying to win a championship for Chris Paul, so he can then retire <laughs> as an NBA champion. <laughs> right. It's always what this is. It's always when you hear stuff like this. I mean, it's 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 Barry Bonds baseball again, where it's just like, oh, I want to do, I I did all this other shit. I want to get this last thing before I retire. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing though with Kevin Durant is that he's gone from team to team to team, mm-hmm. and the only team he's won with was the one with Steph Curry. Right. They think he's the good, like the good winner, but no, he just adds problems wherever he goes. Well, we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the season turns out for him. Oh yeah, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the Lakers pretty much um, traded away all their players. Well, I mean, because their big experiment failed. 
right? I mean, that's ultimately yeah. why this is the this is the aftermath of that. We talked about this last year. Remember, I remember when we talked about it right before we found out the Lakers weren't going to make the playoffs. We had this conversation. It was like, okay, well, what happens then? Their whole big scheme failed. What do they do now? Uh, they they learn from the Rams and fuck them picks. They rebuild, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah but how much longer extent. does LeBron how long does LeBron have to rebuild? And how many rebuilds can they do with LeBron yeah. as the centerpiece? I don't know. That's where I'm thinking is that they're going to send LeBron back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Just so he can play one final year in yeah. Cleveland. And his career at home, I think, is smart. I yeah. don't know. Because, because again, the, the the gamble did not pay off. They thought that that was going to put butts in seats. The thing is, if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, those butts are going to be in those seats pretty much no one, no matter what you do. You don't need a LeBron. Uh, you do. You do need, you need, uh, you need an attraction. Crypto.com Arena will sell out <laughs> no matter what you do. They're named Crypto.com Arena. There are sellouts. There are sellouts. So it's in the name. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, yeah. God, lots of trade happening year, right? in basketball because it is uh, the trade deadline. We are months away from that name changing, right? Like, there's no way that that's Crypto.com Arena next season, right? I mean, it's not even on the season. It's on a yearly basis. So Ugh. there's no way they keep it that way. It's got to change. It's got to yeah. change. Anyway. Well, let's round out our music, our music, Jesus, our sports stories, whatever we are. Who am I? Where am I? Uh, our uh, sports stories here. You have last, you have lastly uh, listed your NASCAR story of the week. Yep. Martin uh, talked about Jr. Yep. Has won the clash at the Coliseum. So he is now the favorite, odds on favorite to win uh, this season of NASCAR, nice. which will officially kick off because clash at the Coliseum is an exhibition. Um, NASCAR season officially starts with Daytona, and that Daytona. is not this Sunday, but next Sunday, the 19th. All right. Wow. The Sunday events don't stop this nope, month. They don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. Yeah. But, hey, I'll tell you what does stop coming. Yeah. They chose. <laughs> yeah. Let's move into television news out of sports. Um, and, uh, yeah, our top story is about CBS's Late, late Show franchises franchise. We knew previously going into this that James Corden had announced that he would be ending his run at the Late Late Show. And it was kind of an up in the air question about whether CBS would keep the format or get rid of it. Uh, Well, they chose the second option here. CBS will be ending the Late Late Show franchise after almost three decades. No one would comment, but Deadline did hear that a reboot of At Midnight a series that ran for 600 episodes on Comedy Central from 2013 to 17, has been chosen for that 12.30 a.m. time slot that's currently occupied by James Corden's show. Stephen Colbert is to executive produce the new incarnation, uh, which originally comes from that Funny or Die internet brand. Uh, Chris Hardwick was, of course, the original host of that show. There's reasons why you wouldn't bring him back. (laughs) He will not be returning to host this how do you feel about this? I already uh, I asked a friend of the show, Christy, who is a James Corden fan and uh, used to watch a lot of Late Late Show, and she was very disappointed to find out. Of course, she said they could have just chosen me. Uh, <laughs> right. She could have been the host of that. Uh, they're opting out of it. Uh, this is the end of an era right here. And, of course, we asked the question that everybody, probably, well, not everybody, but at least we did uh, ask, which is, what do you think Craig Ferguson said when he heard about this? <laughs> uh, he probably said bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> probably did. 
Uh, yeah, I think this is lame. Just to get rid of one of their talk shows and replace it with the game show. Yeah. I mean, when At Midnight did air from 2013 to 2017, like, I did watch it. It's fine. I was one of those people who did watch it. It was fine. I think it's um, a fun format, and I do like that you can get celebrities on there to basically say weird shit. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's also to recap the news of not just the day, but throughout the week, throughout Twitter, yeah. throughout Reddit. The, the, the hang-up I have with it is... This will be on network. And I yeah. think one of the reasons why, away with a lot of stuff, why it worked was because it was on deep cable uh, at midnight. Like, <laughs> it's in the name. There's a reason why uh, they could get away with what they did. I think it was a looser format because of that. I think as soon as you bring it on to especially CBS of all the networks, mm-hmm. it's not going to be as much of a loose kind of format. They're going to have to really tighten out, like tighten the, the vibe of it. And I think that will be to that kind of show's detriment. Yeah, but also, I think you also get three celebrities who are yeah. running current projects, and instead of bringing them on and doing a talk show with them, yeah. you use the interstitials to talk about their current projects, much I mean, as you use the Jeopardy format. I guess the answer is you sanitize it, and yeah. you're going to have to really sanitize it for, for the CBS audience. I just think it's a weird choice for CBS. I get that they own the, 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 their, the their company, for it, the IP. but uh, just a weird choice. I would have much rather they just picked a, se- a, no- a new host for the Late Late Show. Like, literally, these networks will go to any possible length to not put a woman in a late night hosting capacity. They will do anything and to the point of canceling the Late Night Show. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. And thus, uh, Seth... I would say Seth Rogen there for a minute there. Seth Myers, Seth Myers will Seth have Myers still be there in the NBC time slot there. Late show. Yeah. Past midnight. I don't get it. But yep. hey, that's just me. Uh, I mean, I'll probably check it out if they do go this route. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably won't. Also, won't um be a constant viewer. <laughs> that's a little. But then again, this also might be something that gets good um, viewings on streaming, YouTube. Yeah. And you know, they're put probably clips up there and people watch the clips. I mean, yeah, they, they're probably just want like a little bit the, of that. Yeah, just like with uh, James Corden doing the carpool karaoke, yeah. those always got the clips and the views on YouTube. Yeah, that's exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it works for them. In the meantime, a speaking of NBC, a NBC uh, hit maker is making moves again. Uh, Mike one of Schur. our favorite producers, yes, Mike Schur, Mike Schur who I've uh, seen in person. Uh, I saw a talk that he did at a, a book, the LA Times Book Festival last year. Uh, very cool. Uh, where he went and talked about his book about philosophy. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, Mike Schur is making news this week. The Good Place co-creator has reunited with hit comedy star Ted Danson for The Mole Agent, a new serialized comedy. It's hit the premium slash streaming marketplace, instantly starting a heated bidding war. The project is based on the 2020 Chilean feature documentary, The Mole Agent, and hails from Schur's longtime studio home, Universal Television. Written by Schur, The Mole Agent would star dancing as an older guy hired by a PI to go in undercover at a nursing home. Schur and Denson are expected to, or Danson, sorry, is, yeah. are expected to executive produce with three arts David Minor and Morgan Sackett. Okay, all right. Go undercover in a nursing home. Kind of yeah. reminds me of that uh, recent episode of uh, Poker Face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, The Mole Agent was actually Academy Award-nominated uh, feature documentary. 
two years ago, uh, in 2020. Sorry, that's because that's three years ago now with the upcoming uh, Oscars. Um, didn't win, but was nominated. It does lend itself to a comedy um, kind of role, a fish out of water, a, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. also leads to like a little bit of mystery and intrigue, like, ooh, what's going on here? Like, becoming friends, befriending the elderly. You also can also get a lot of um, stars, all of the elderly stars in here, elderly mm-hmm. comedians. And if we remember back when we talked about Be Positive, oh, yeah. uh, that was based off a of nursing home, and they were switching it to be more focused on the nursing home. Right. Ugh. That's what I said they should do for that. But hey, Mike sure <laughs> listens to me and says, yeah, I'll just do it myself. We are in a uh, renaissance of nursing home comedy right now. Well, you know, actors as actors age and get older, yeah. it's a easier to cast them in elderly communities. Looking so. at you, Harrison Ford. <laughs> Guess so. Anyway. Well, Anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah, so bidding war. Um, who knows where this is going to end up? Probably not on um, network, but as we saw from Mr. Mayor. Yeah. Who knows? It'll go somewhere. Yeah. I'm guessing um, Hulu. I hope not, because Disney Peacock. might sell Hulu. Peacock. Probably Peacock, they want it. Um, or if he really wants to get away with uh, doing whatever he wants, sign a deal with Apple. Oh, all right, all right, okay. All right, with that... Did we watch anything that we want to talk about this week? We already talked about the Grammys. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, talked about the Grammys. Um, yeah, can't think of anything else really. More Poker Face, more Last of Us, uh, more um, The Bachelor. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what it was. Um, <laughs> so The Last of Us. Yeah. Had the episode drop yesterday on yes. Friday. Say nothing. I have not watched it. Okay, I watched it this morning. That's what I was doing this morning before we went on. Yeah, no, I have not watched it. Uh, so. so... Yeah, the reason they did it on a Friday night drop is because Super Bowl is on right. Sunday. Makes sense. And people are be watching that instead of watching their show because they want the day numbers. So even though we get the episode <clears throat> on the 10th, the next episode still won't be until the following Sunday, which is the 19th. Right. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Which I think actually might lend itself better to the storytelling mm-hmm. because of the um like the traveling that they both okay. do and do not show. Got it. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So let's move on from thoughts then into cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I well, no longer watching? Nothing. We have no cancellations nor no renewals this week, but we do have a handful of deaths. Uh, first up, Chris Brown. No, not that Chris Brown. He's got an E at the end of his name, or he did, um, as he is recently deceased, age 70. This was the cartoonist responsible for the long-running comic strip, Hagar the Horrible. Do you pronounce it Hagar or Hagar? I've always heard it Hagar. Like Sammy uh, Hagar. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> typically it's supposed to be have, like the two umlauts over the eh, A. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, no uh, no disrespect to the late Chris Brown, but eh, kind of a lame strip. I mean, it's, it's, it's Viking comedy. Yeah. Viking humor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, the big one, though, in the music world this week was Burt Bacharach, age 94, Hall of Fame song composer, of course, famous for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, Walk On By, many, many, many other uh, classic songs. Six-time Grammy winner, definitely will be missed, one of the songwriting greats. 
Yep. Um, and for those of us in a very nostalgic era, yes, that was Burke Backrock with Austin Powers in yes. The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yes, yes, true. Very true. <laughs> we are the truest millennials <laughs> ever to millennial. We're making a Austin Powers reference when we're talking about the life and hey, career. I saw that happening on Twitter when he was announced. <laughs> wow. Anyways. And then lastly, Hugh Hudson, age 86, director. Directed Chariots of Fire, My Life So Far, Greystoke, Legend of Tarzan, Lord of the Apes. So yeah, classic. Most famous for Chariots of Fire. Yeah, classic Hollywood director there. Yep. All right, let's move on from that perfect segue into the movies section, uh, where we always start with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie finally dethroning Avatar, The Way of the Water, at number one. What's that? M. Night Shyamalan? Oh, I didn't hear you. There was a knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. $14.1 million this week, debuting that way. Congratulations, M. Night Shyamalan. You now have a number one movie. movie again. Yeah. But only because you uh, did see a big drop off for Avatar. We'll get there in a second. Your number two movie was the other debut this week, eighty for Brady with another twelve or with a uh, debuting at twelve point seven million dollars. You are still going to see this, right? That's on your to do. Uh, yeah, it's on my to do list? list. Okay. Well, report back next week, maybe. I'll report back on how uh, cringy it is. Yeah, it looks really cringy. Number three, like I mentioned, the precipitous drop of Avatar: The Way of the Water. That made another $11 million. That's still, though, at $636 million. And it's still climbing the box office. Uh, All-time records. Yes. Still climbing. And uh, BTS has yet to come to my cinemas, but BTS, colon, yet to come in cinemas is uh, uh, your number four movie this week. Yes. Fathom <laughs> events. Congratulations. Debuting at $8 million. So, yeah. And then lastly, rounding out your top five, as always, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. When is that going to be on Peacock? Uh, is another $7.8 million at 151. I want to see it. I hear it's good. I don't even like the Shrek movies, but I heard this one is good. But I can't see it because I refuse to go to the theater for it. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll get uh, there. Yeah. Upcoming new release this week, uh, you have a couple, one big and one confusing. Uh, finally, that Winnie the Pooh horror movie is out in theaters, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So yeah, if you care, is. you can go see that. Yeah, but it no, is. you're not going to, because chances are you're going to see the big release this week, which is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So, yes, um, as much as I want to see in the much talked about when it first came out, uh, Winnie the Pooh, colon, Blood and Honey, because <laughs> uh, the copyright for it is now right. free, public, public domain, domain. Anyone can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Um, I will instead be seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp, colon, Quantumania. I yeah. have tickets for Friday night. I'll be okay. seeing that. So I'll be talking about that next week. I'll probably also do a write-up for that um, because that's our first look at mm-hmm. King the Conqueror Yes. The big bad in this um, trilogy of MCU movies. Mm-hmm. Well, the question I have for you, though, is where are you sitting in that theater on Friday? Because the hottest conversation in movies this week was about tiered seating pricing. So, not seeing it at AMC Cinemas. Okay, good But plan. we also did talk about AMC possibly doing this last year well, when they were coming back out of COVID. 
Well, it looks like it's going to happen as AMC has announced a ticket pricing initiative called Sightline, which will have different prices depending on your location of your seat in the auditorium. Similar to music concerts, sporting events, or Broadway, moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less for admission depending on where they choose to sit in the venue. In effect, front row seats will be available at a lower price, while seats in the middle of the theater will be available at a higher price. The initiative kicked off on Friday at select AMC locations in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City, and will be expanded to all domestic AMC locations by the end of this year. There's standard pricing for common seating, then there's value sightline for seats in the front row and are available at a lower price than standard sightline seats. Value sightline pricing is only available to AMC Stubbs members. That's key, yes. including the free tier membership. So the third option signed up for AMC Stubbs, just like put your email in there, you can get the mm -hmm. value pricing. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the cost of your email. Again, the and your neck. Yes. <laughs> That's the real cost here. Yes, yeah, just staring up on your neck. Never uh, fun. Never fun. In fact, when I just did this right now, it actually kind of hurt. <laughs> like, oh, oh you're too old. old for this. <laughs> Um, and then, yes, the third option is that preferred sightline option, which is the seats in the middle of the auditorium and are priced at a premium to standard sightline seats. AMC Stubbs A-list members will be able to reserve seats in the premium, in the preferred sightline session as no additional cost. That is the paid version of the Stubbs program. Mm -hmm. Last thing I want to mention here, well, this doesn't affect me because you know where I prefer to sit. In the back, baby! Underrated. No, see, I don't. I sit on the sides, and I sit next to the aisle. Yeah. So that yeah. way, I can get up and go to the restroom, get up, go get my filled popcorn, smart, and just not pass anybody. Rear left. That's where I want to see. I want to sit. I want to sit like a uh, that you're testing your surround sound system. That's where I want to sit. Rear left. See, rear I, right. Because nobody sits on the sides, I usually have the front in front of me all open, so just pop up my leg right mm -hmm, there in front mm -hmm, of the, the, mm -hmm. the armrest. Like, oh, no one's going to be Wait, here. There, all you all you noobs and regulars <laughs> in the middle, yeah. wanting the best seats? Nah, I'll put my leg up right here yeah. and kick it back. It's the way to do it. I mean, this was inevitable as soon as the yes. all the chains chose that turned in everything into you have to choose your seat, right? Yes, that was actually going to be inevitable. Yeah, That's why I hate happen. when they do that. Well, yeah, but now it's so the norm. You have to go to a rinky-dink art house theater for it not to be choose seating now. You have yep. to go out of your way now to go, go do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not surprised by any of this. I get why people are up in arms about it. But again, just sit in the back. Trust me, people. The back is great. Go see movies in the back. You get to see the whole screen. It's great. And you get the reverb from the audio behind you. Oh, yeah. You get to hear everything. It's so awesome. The back is the best place to sit in a movie theater. I always sit in the back when I go to, like, the IMAX or the XD version. Just yeah. because, like, it's so big of a screen that I need to yeah. sit further back. You got to take it all in. Yep. Anyway. So, yeah. There you go. That's 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 that. What kind of movies will you be seeing in those theaters? Of course, is the next question. Sequels. And... Well, sequels. Well, like I said, you know, I'm going to see the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yep. Well, Disney is also looking at their animated movies in order for some inspiration to sequels. So real quick, as a preamble to this, I I feel like I put this energy into the world so, uh, to a certain extent because 
uh, Christy and I saw a the live uh, uh, theater production of Frozen, the musical, mm-hmm. um, at our at um, our local theater venue on Sunday night. And while we were watching it, I was like, "They're just they're definitely going to do a Frozen three, right? This is definitely like they're they're planning that right now. I'm sure." Well, guess what? Sequels to Frozen, Toy Story, and even Zootopia are all in the works over at Disney, according to Bob Iger. He said, quote, we'll have more to share about these productions soon, but this is a great example of how we're leaning into our unrivaled brands and franchises. This news came in the wake of some sour news, though. Reading $5.5 billion cost savings by the conglomerate across all divisions, and after 7,000 jobs were announced to be cut at Disney. Uh, most notably here is Disney Plus. We don't have this in the story here, but that was the biggest precipitous drop. They were saying that uh, they were shocked with actually how low the numbers kind of came out. And that so they it, actually have people losing um, yes. subscriber space from Disney Plus. So the other thing Iger said was that they were going to do a major rethink, whatever the hell that means, of Disney Plus going in the coming year. That's scary. I don't like the sound of that because the great thing about Disney Plus is that unlike every other streaming service out there, you get everything and it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that will change here and it's scary and I, I'm, I'm a little worried about what they will turn it into. They're reintroduce the Disney Vault. I wonder if that's part of the plan. Iger loves the Vault. I know. You Or you just say... You have to play a premium called vault membership. Oh, they could do that, couldn't they? Where like they that sounds like something they would do though, right? Uh-huh. You're probably right. It would be like the Nintendo. No, it's like the PlayStation Plus thing in a way, where yeah. it's like essentials, premium, and extra like new stuff is over here in the basic, and then if you want the archive of all of the old Disney movies, mm-hmm. maybe you have to pay more. I could see them doing that. Yep, just call it the vault membership. Oh, you, you're right. You're so right, it hurts. <laughs> that's probably what they're going to do. Oh, uh, it does hurt. That's pain. That's a pain. But hey, we'll see what happens. But yeah, as for these sequels, are you excited for sequels to any of these movies? I feel like they could do something with the Frozen 3. I could see that working. But another Toy Story? Aren't we done? So don't forget what the last Toy Story movie was. Yeah. Lightyear. Ugh. Oh boy. Because you I forgot about on. that, right? That was that last doesn't year. Count. No, four well, it's ended... set in the Toy Story universe. I feel like four even felt like an epilogue, though. Like three was an ending, four is an epilogue. You can't do another epilogue. How can you do Toy Story Five if Buzz and Woody are not together? Yeah, you can't you don't, is my opinion, but they're gonna do it. I don't know what you do. Do you do it fully about the new characters introduced in three? Do you just make this completely about um what's her name's toys? No, you you take the original uh, script from Toy Story 2 and you send Buzz to Taiwan because he's defective. No, No, you can't do that story anymore. Okay, you don't want to ruin those relationships. No, you can't do that story anymore. (laughs) You can't do it. There's multiple reasons why that thing was trash. You cannot do that anymore. Uh, I mean, you could also just do, like, new fancy high-tech toy. They did that. Did they? Yes, that's literally Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 1. Yeah, but now Buzz Lightyear is now the outdated toy. I don't think you'd... I, yeah, my heart goes out to those story people at Disney because I don't know, I have no idea how you do a Toy Story 5. 
I wonder how many animators and like people in the animation department are like, wait, we have to do this now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're giving us an impossible task. You realize that? <laughs> yeah, I have no faith that this will be a good idea. Uh, but hey, they've managed to pull it off before. Maybe I should give them the benefit of the doubt. As for Frozen and Zootopia, I'm actually shocked that there hasn't already been a sequel to Zootopia. I know they did that uh, collection Plus. of shorts on Disney+. Plus. Hey, uh, maybe that was their way of dusting it off and yeah. saying, can we do more of this? You're probably right. And like I said, more Frozen is, I think, the best idea. I think it's a franchise that I think has a lot of potential. They could do a whole lot of things with it. Just hmm. keep going. Has merchandising on that run out by now? Should they put out number three? Is that where they're looking at? Trust me, when we got when we saw Frozen on Sunday, there were so many little girls in Elsa costumes. The appetite's still there. Yes, but you know the appetite for Frozen Two. I mean, even those costumes are now. Um, I don't say outdated, but I don't know. They're they're, uh, they're three years old now. Yeah, four years. But- Something like that. But uh, for by, uh, by the time Frozen 3 comes out, it'll be five or six years from the previous one. Yeah, but if I learn anything from uh, Chrissy's interactions with kids at the libraries, they still all love Frozen. They still yeah. love Frozen 1 and 2. 2, apparently, more so than 1 these days. Like, mm-hmm. they love the world of Frozen. They love the characters. They love the music. I think more Frozen is just a good idea for Disney. All right, so then who dies, Anna or Elsa? No one dies. Oh, come on. <laughs> you had near-death situations in both those films. Near-death, near-death. <laughs> no one dies. Okay, they yes, dies. you're right, because it's definitely not the same Olaf as before. <laughs> Anyways, oh, apparently my Netflix account is on hold, according to the spammy, uh, spam text message. Yes, I, I guess that I another thing that we should talk about. Oh, um, yeah. People in Canada have been having their Netflix's um, announcements going out that you must sign up or sign in, log in to your home address associated with your billing address. Yeah, we already talked about this last week, but yes, that will be slowly rolling out in uh, North America. The password protection stuff. Just, hey, just keep using your VPN. They don't know. Anyways, let's move on. Oh, to thoughts. Do we have any thoughts? Do we watch any movies this week? Uh, no thoughts, but last thing in movies, I did see this. Not a big story because we're not really covering it, but remember that question, fan question we had about, um, the backroom horrors being developed into a, uh, a TV series? Yeah. Well, it's gonna get a movie deal. Hey, there you go. By none other than our favorite studio, A24, producing wow. it. I think, I think we called that. <laughs> I think we did call that. <laughs> Thanks. Actually, no, I think we said Blumhouse would do it, but hey, oh, A24 well. also. Close. Cool, close enough. Close. Yeah. Well, well great. That's, that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, I think the creator of that is like some like 17 or 18-year-old kid who just... Became a millionaire now. Became, just uh, basically put it together, just put these shorts on YouTube, and now he's going to eventually direct his own film. So. Wow. Well, impressive. Impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, with that... That'll do it for the movie section, and that'll do it for the Media Boat podcast this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode. We'll be back next week to recap Super Bowl stuff, to talk about more video games, talk about more music, whatever we got. We'll give it to you. That's next week on the Media Boat podcast. If you want to see us in video form live, 
or record it, depending on whether we do it remote again. Uh, you can catch all of that on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, search Media Boat Podcast. You'll find our channel, like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. You can listen to us in audio form as well on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, uh, wherever, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. That's also where you can catch going into next month our March Madness Bracket. Depending on how much extra time you have, we might discuss that after the podcast real quick because I did, do, I do have something to show you uh, in regards to that bracket. Um, then, um, then yeah, if you want to catch us in audio form, you can do that on those, those services. Next, you can find us on social media, Twitter, we're at Media Boat Cast, Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast to find our page there. You can also email us questions, comments, feedback about the show, Podcast at gmail.com is that email address. So send us a question there and we'll read it here on the show. And last but not least, we play video games every once in a while on twitch.tv. You can watch my archive of playing Dead Space as well as Mike's archive of playing some more Marvel Midnight Suns. This coming up week, who knows? We have a mystery stream coming from Mike possibly this week, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> In the meantime, you can also go to mediaboatpodcast.com where you can find our write-ups, including my thoughts post for This Is Why by Paramore that's up as of yesterday. And plenty more on the website as well. So check it out. Thank you for listening this week. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. Uh, stay uh, stay safe. Don't drive if you drink tomorrow, please. Uh, put those keys in a locked football box. Put them inside <laughs> a football. So that way you have to like somehow open bike, up a football. Bike to get it to get it open. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, stay safe. Yep. Stay cool. We'll be back next week with more news, more thoughts, yep. um, more of us. Yeah. All See right. Ya. Bye. Bye.